Welcome to Think for Yourself with John Pasadino, the program that encourages independent thinking. And now here he is, your host, John Pasadino. Welcome to Think for Yourself with John Pasadino, and I am he. And you can find my writing at johnpwrites.com. There you will find links to the books I have published on Amazon, mostly fiction, some poetry. And I also blog at Medium, and my handle is at John P. Writes. Today, I'm, uh, I've been inspired to create this podcast based uh, on a, a tweet, a tweet from Twitter. Where else would a tweet come from but Twitter? Uh, It was a tweet by Tim Sledge, S-L-E-D-G-E, at goodbye underscore Jesus. And Tim is the author of Goodbye Jesus. He's a former Southern Baptist minister and writer. So he's left Christianity And he writes, uh, he tweets, rather, very respectful tweets um, regarding his leaving Christianity. And I get everything that he says. Because I dabble in leaving Christianity myself. Why? Not going to get into that right now. Um, so the, the tweet was, uh, I'll read the tweet, but you can surely go to Twitter and read the tweet. Uh, it says, uh, preachers, churches, power, and money. Hashtag ex-Christian. It's easy to hold up, and this is Tim Sledge talking now. It's easy to hold up a mega church pastor like Joel Osteen, who lives in a $10 million mansion <laughs> And I'm, that's me laughing. <laughs> I'm sure Tim was laughing as he wrote that too. Because I think it's truly disgusting that he lives in a $10 million mansion, Joel Osteen. As a reason to claim... Okay, sorry, I'll read this over again. It's easy to hold up a megachurch pastor like Joel Osteen, who lives in a $10 million mansion, as a reason to claim that religion is simply about power and money. But the median Protestant church in the U.S. has 75 regular participants in worship on Sunday mornings. Only 2% of U.S. Protestant churches have 1,000 or more present on a Sunday morning. So Joel's church, Osteen's church, has that huge amount of people, and he makes millions of dollars. Okay, so for U.S. Protestant pastors, 51% have a bachelor's degree and 31% have a master's degree, usually a three-year program. But at the average annual income for a Protestant pastor is, wah, wah, I'm, I'm doing the special effects, $42,000 a year. The median salary for Catholic priests runs around, and I'm again, this is my sound effect, wah, wah, <laughs> $25,000 a year. Hey, but they get room and board, right? Anyway, 90% of pastors report, that was me saying that, back to quoting uh, Tim, 
90% of pastors report working 55 to 70 hours a week, and vocational burnout is a big issue. A 2022 study during COVID indicated 42% of pastors had given serious consideration to quitting. Reason for ministerial stress and burnout. Being on call 24-7, dealing with criticism and conflict among members, trying to please everyone in the congregation with some members, seeing you as too liberal or too conservative theologically and or politically, impact on your family, long hours, close scrutiny, members may criticize you for your children's behavior, limited social life outside the church, you're placed on a pedestal that leaves you feeling isolated and lonely, being too transparent about personal struggles or failures could get you fired, not-so-subtle messages from lay leaders that they are permanent and you are temporary, low pay. Why do ministers stay in a job that is so stressful? This may not be the answer you would expect from me as an ex-Christian, but I think most pastors believe what they preach. Most ministers I knew over my five decades as a believer wanted to obey God. Most wanted to help people. Most wanted to make the world a better place. Here's a fact that many atheists who criticize Christianity fail to recognize. While many Maybe most people go to church because it's what they were taught as children. They also attend because they find community support in times of loss and a sense of meaning there. And while church members are challenged to give, the services the church provides are not based on how much or whether one contributes financially. In many cases, a pastor may not even know who gives or who gives how much. I... I still, I'm still quoting Tim Sledge, I am an atheist. I left my faith because I no longer believe Christianity is true. I'm here on Twitter to offer support, encouragement to others who are leaving or have left. So what's the point of this tweet? And then he goes on to make three long points, and one of them is no straw men, uh, two, a societal need, Three, another stressor. Now, I'm not going to read all that. I've already read way too much of Tim's writing. You can go to Twitter and read the complete tweet. Now, I responded with, from my John P. Wright's Twitter, at Angels at Stars Above. Uh, so I'm John P. Wright's at Angel Stars Above, I should say. I said, excellent post. I struggle with my faith daily. I attend church because I like the peacefulness of church and hymns, but the fairy tale aspect gnaws at me. I focus on the peace and love aspect of Christ and my volunteering to help people and let the rest go. So that was me talking. And then Tim said, thank you for your honesty. And then others responded as well. So I love this type of discussion. It's peaceful. It's civil discussion. So um, that post triggered uh, a top 10 list that I put out on Medium. And I, and I did it tongue-in-cheek. But um, a, a member of the Second City ran a workshop at the Improv, which was the name of a famous comedy club in Manhattan, he ran a comedy workshop and, that I attended a very long time ago. His name was Martin Friedberg. He wasn't one of the more well-known Second City Chicago people, but 
He knew his stuff. He said, comedy is the truth exaggerated. Anyway, uh, so I was influenced to, one thing led to another, and I am an improviser also. I'm an improv comedian also. So I decided to do a top 10 list uh, in honor of David Letterman and to respond to Tim Sledge and his post. Do check out Tim Sledge on Twitter. And uh, I am going to buy his book because I look at both sides. That's what Think for Yourself is all about, looking at both sides of the issue and arriving at a common ground area. I'm an independent thinker, independent voter, and I'm an independent Christian. I truly am. And now I'll get into my top 10 reasons why I attend church on Sundays, and I do, just about every Sunday. So I broke it down to two top 10 lists. One is top 10 negative reasons, and one is top 10 positive reasons. I'm going to give the top 10 negative reasons first. And once again, uh, thanks to Tim Sledge for uh, initiating this uh, post and this podcast. So top 10 negative reasons. Number 10, I'm naive. (laughs) Top 10 negative reasons for attending church on Sundays. Nine, I believe in fairy tales. Number eight, I'm gullible. Number seven, I'm scared to death of dying. Notice that subtle, ingenious humor. I'm scared to death of dying. Get it? Funny? Funny? Number six, I started going to church in first grade, and it's a habit. And it's true. We did attend church every morning at one point. Imagine these little first and second graders going to church every morning at 8 a.m. Number six, um... Oh, sorry, I did number six. Number five, negative reasons for going to church. Speaking of habits, in Catholic school, Sister Empire said we had to go to church or else. Get it? Nuns wear habits. See, habits, it's a habit. Speaking of habits, Sister Ann said, get it? It's a callback joke to to number five. Never mind. All right, number four, I erase a sin for every dollar I put in the basket. I'm down 200 bucks for the year, but I'm pumped. Number three, I can practice sleeping with my eyes open during the sermon. Number two, I pray my sports bets, lotto numbers, and trips to the casino pay big. And number one reason, the top reason, negative reason, why I go to church on Sundays, I don't want to go to hell. It's hot as hell there. You see what I did there? Communically, it's hot as hell there. Get it? No, don't get it. All right. Now here are the top ten positive reasons I go to church. Number ten, it gives me purpose. Number nine, community. Number eight, I love the hymns. There's a group at my Catholic church called Joyful Sound. They they have the most beautiful voices. I must tell you. I also attended in the past, uh, and still from time to time, True North Community Church. It's a non-denominational church in Bohemia where there's uh, a group of musicians and singers that really blast out the most incredible Christian rock. Uh, Number seven, positive reasons for going to church. Jesus said, 
do this in memory of me. And I'm, of course, he said that at the Last Supper. And he said, do this in memory of me. And we do take the host at Catholic Church in memory of him. And I think Jesus was the greatest historical figure in the history of humankind. Number six, church is very peaceful, and I love serenity. I, I love walking into the quiet church and sitting in the pew and being quiet. It's, it's, everybody's quiet. We sit and we think and we meditate and we pray. And the church is peaceful and quiet. Where, do you do, where can you do that? Where else? The church is the best place for that. And you can go any time during the week, by the way. The church is open. You can go and sit in the empty church and be peaceful and quiet. Even in Manhattan, by the way, I'm going off my uh, top ten positive reasons now. And I remember... Um, being in Manhattan, when I worked in Manhattan, sometimes I worked at the uh, offices in Manhattan, and it was so noisy and so crowded, you could not find a place to be alone. Wherever you went, there were people. I mean, just, and with noise, people and noise. The streets crowded, the sidewalks were just pre-pandemic, um, pre-pandemic experiences, now we have to say. So I'm walking through the streets uh, with crowds of people walking on the sidewalks trying to find a space to take the next step. I see a church. I step in. Quiet. Quiet. Find a pew. Sit look around in silence incredible incredible just an incredible experience and there are candles burning and there are statues and stained glass and there um now i i don't know where it's from i'm gonna have to google it okay where was it said be still and know that i am god Googling Psalm 46, 10. Uh, be still and know that I am God. The first meaning comes, uh, now I just Googled this. The first meaning comes from the Old Testament and the verse from Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. God is defending his city and people. The Hebrew definition is to stop striving, to let go, surrender. The chapter begins with and ends with God is our refuge. Okay, I'm not going to read it anymore. That's from guidedchristianmeditation.com because um, I don't want to go too far into the weeds, as they say. So that's the church is very peaceful. I love serenity. Number six. Number five, top ten positive reasons I go to church. I admire the colors and the sun streaming through the stained glass. And I, uh, when I'm a lector, at church, sometimes I, I perform as a lector. So when I'm a lector, I look to the left and I see the stained glass not about 10 feet from me. And I look at it sometimes. I just admire how it was put together. 
and the beautiful colors and the sun hits it and it lights up as if there's a light behind it. There is a light behind it. It's, it's the sun. And sometimes I just stare at it for a little while and admire it. And I'm peaceful in those moments. Number four, top 10 positive reasons to go to church. It's one of the few places people put their phones away everywhere we go. People have a phone in their hand, including me. I have my phone. I panic if I don't have my phone with me. I, I start feeling my pockets. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? And I run back and get my phone. I must have my phone. And it's terrible, I know. Um, but it's the main source of communication. I just Googled something just now. What would I do without it? How would I find the information without uh, number three, people are friendly. Everyone says good morning and they smile. And it doesn't matter whether I'm at the Catholic Church or the non-denominational church called True North in Bohemia or St. John's Nepomucene in Bohemia, the Catholic Church. People smile and say good morning. Is it phony? No, it's not. People you ever see people go to the beach? They're always happy when they land at the beach. They get out of the car, they get their blanket and their bags and their chairs and their umbrellas, and they walk down the tunnel. I'm talking Jones Beach now, because or Robert Moses, because I live Long Island, New York. So, and they're always so happy. They're smiling and happy to be at the beach. Well, people like that at church. So it is a genuine feeling that comes over people when they go to church. How many places are like that that you know? A park, perhaps? Uh, where else? When they get to a concert or a sporting event? But I think people are generally more aggravated during those situations because they spent a great deal of money on tickets and they're like, oh my goodness, I gotta climb the stairs. And you know, they're, oh, there's a guy smoking pot over there and the parking was oh, treacherous getting here. But church, you walk in and you're peaceful. You're parked in the parking lot. You're five minutes from home because it's part of the community. And you walk into church and people are happy to be there. Okay, number two. Prayer is good for me. It's a form of meditation and mindfulness. Well, when we're at church, we are offering up our prayer to God. The act of praying is a, for me, it's a meditative um, action. Um, when we're saying words, it's a mindfulness practice, as far as I'm concerned. And I think a lot of people would agree with me as well. So, am I saying I don't believe we're praying to God? No, I'm not saying that. We are praying to God or what our image of God is, what our perception of God is, because no one really knows. I mean, you could read that Bible 
from beginning to end three times. And uh, a thousand people can. And each person will have a unique perspective based on so many factors their upbringing, their culture, their schooling, their um, major influences in life, whether they're people or whether they are events, uh, circumstances, uh, sickness, health, uh, just so many factors go into our perception of what God is. In any case, I like going to church. It's number two on my list because prayer is good for me. Number one. So the biggest reason why church is a positive for me. After church, I walk past the beautiful flower gardens, admiring their different shapes and sizes. The air is fresh, and sometimes I can detect the perfume fragrance of the flowers. Then I see the crossing guard singling me to drive across the road as she holds up traffic, just for us special churchgoers. Unlike Yankee Stadium, where you're yelled at. <laughs> Get moving! <laughs> Next, I drive two blocks to my favorite bagel store, Bohemia Bagels on Smithtown Avenue in Bohemia. I buy freshly baked bagels and vegetable cream cheese. You know, those vegetables are good for you. So, you know, the vegetables cancel out the fat and the cream cheese. I buy cinnamon raisin walnut cream cheese for my wife, too. She, that's her favorite. When I arrive home, I put the bagels and church bulletin on the table. I pop a Starbucks coffee pod into the carrot and place my favorite cup underneath. It's a... Long Island uh, coffee cup has different parts of the island pictured on it. It's a big, it's a large white mug, and I love it. I love the way coffee tastes from it. It's one of those mugs. I pre-populate the cup, by the way, with uh, almond milk. I'm into almond or oat milk, and I use stevia instead of sugar, just for the record. As the coffee brews and its distinct aroma fills the air, I open the paper sack of bagels, put my face in it to smell the scents of freshly baked dough, onion, and garlic. I choose an egg bagel because I like that yellow color and the subtle taste of egg yolk. The bagel place I go to makes extra fluffy bagels. They're big, fat, fluffy bagels. They're so delicious. They're warm and fluffy. I cut mine in half down the, you know, not, not, um, uh, I'm talking about I, I cut it down in half. I don't cut it so that it's half, oh, how do I describe it? So there's a top and a bottom. I cut the bagel in half so there's a half of it, top and bottom of half and top and bottom on the other half. And I say I'm only going to eat half unless I'm still hungry because, you know, I've got to cut those carbs. Anyway. I slather the half bagel with the vegetable cream cheese, open my refrigerator, and take out the lox. I love lox. I lay two pieces of lox on the cream cheese and admire this special Sunday-only combination. Next, I line up my white extra-thick dinner plate. I have this dinner diner plate 
that friends of the family gave us. It's one of those really thick white ones that's worn like those china plates that you get and i love it things taste better on it for some reason i put the bagel on it put my hot coffee next to the plate then open the church bulletin to read the weekly events there are prayer meetings aa meetings food pantry announcements marriage announcements other community of volunteer events i i take a bite of the bagel and the, and the combination of the smooth fish consistency Crispy pieces of vegetables and the cream cheese and warm dough lifts my spirit. I sip my inexpensive homemade Starbucks and I thank God for my life. That's the number one reason why I go to church because it's an experience. It's an experience to drive there into that beautiful town of Bohemia walk past those beautiful gardens, sit there in peace, leave in peace after praying, and set up my bagel and coffee, consume it. It's delicious, and I love the experience. And that's it. And that's it for this podcast. So you just heard top 10 negative reasons which go through my neurotic mind sometimes, and my top 10 positive reasons. And I, and I look to the positive in life because you could pick apart every experience, every single experience. You could go away to the most beautiful location on earth and just say, you know, what a hassle it was going through security and the plane, the seats, the you know, elbowing and the not enough luggage space and you could say uh, the ride was so bumpy and then when we got the, got off the plane and it took so long and I had a piece of luggage lost and then the hotel room wasn't the size we thought it was and you can go on and on or you could just say, you know what? We saw a beautiful sunset and I thank God for that beautiful sunset because that's an experience. That's a beautiful thing. And now you could say, the, well, the Earth, you know, we started off 13 billion years ago or something like that with the Big Bang. And, you know, this is just a product of evolution that we're seeing over billions of years. Billions and billions of years. And you can drive yourself nuts trying to figure out how we got here from there. Or you could just say, you know what? I thank God for this moment. I thank God for it. One of my friends said at one point, actually he was directing me in the show, and we were conversing about whether God exists or not. I can't remember how he got onto the topic. And he said, I don't believe in an afterlife, but if there is one, I'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> And I love that quote. I use it all the time. I think of it all the time. I say, you know what? Imagine my bets. I am John Pasadino, and you can find me at johnpwrites.com. You can find me at John P. Writes on Medium. And this is the... What podcast is this? I'm talking to the crew here. Guys, come on. Coffee break's over. 
This is the Thing for Yourself with John Pastino Podcast. And I thank you for listening. Tell a few friends and family about it. And when you go read my stuff on Medium, like it and subscribe to it. And subscribe to this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? For me at this point, I love to share what I have to say with you all and more. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Please check out my books, blogs, photos, videos, and podcasts at johnpwrites.com. That's J-O-H-N-P, writes, W-R-I-T-E-S.com. Thanks for listening.